0: Welcome, Anatomy of Movie fans. We're having a sausage party here in studio. That's right. We're here to spill the beans and fill your cup with knowledge. But don't worry. We'll cut the fat and get to the meat. Stay tuned. Welcome to
1: Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Anatomy of a
0: Movie. Take it away, corn. Dear God,
2: <laughs> you're so divine <laughs> in each and
1: every way. Oh. That's
0: right. Please join us in prayer. As we start this morning, and if there's one thing we know, this song is 100% true. We have Where Zach Food is praying.
2: What sure <laughs> well, part of this is true. Oh, true?
0: I forget what they say, but, the say, the but, the but all that all none of this song, none all of, all all none all of all what they believe all is is in any way, in way, way wrong. Yes. <laughs> we oh, you have, you you feel, like, accurate to life. Yes. We have Zach Wilson finally out of the booth.
1: Yeah. Hey, guys, I'm Zach Wilson. You can find me on
0: Twitter at Zach Wilson. You can actually shut it down because it's competing very loudly.
2: Holy i I've been chosen!
0: And that's the moment where this movie went off the rails <laughs> that's right the, you know what if there's any, any doubt as you watch this movie um in the first minute if you were in a kid's movie you knew you weren't yeah but we digress uh we have Stephen lemieux in the booth joining us today say hi steven or not
2: <laughs> this is going so wonderfully can you not hear me there we are there yeah. you are Oh, yeah i'm here hi
0: Welcome. Um and I'm Phil Svitek, Welcome to Anatomy of a Movie where we dissect movies on a deep level. Uh and you know, we're we're here to talk about. It. So we we assume we assume you've seen the movie, but if you haven't, you know what? Uh it doesn't go that deep anyway. Well, technically it does. I actually thought like that was the thing that was most impressive about this movie that it actually is fairly deep.
1: Like it's like there's a lot of deep thought that went into this, but without whether- solutions. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Uh but that's I mean that's almost part of the what what they're trying to say. Mm-hmm. Uh it, but it was around, all the stuff around that.
2: So let's let's was, start there.
0: Let, let's uh as we always do, let's get your quick thoughts. Um Zach Wilson. I I wanted to like this movie. And
1: even after I saw it, I like and I think about it more, like I want to like really love this movie because there's a lot of pieces in there that I think are really good. But when I watched it I just didn't enjoy it for about, like, 75% of the time. Like, I I just... it's almost
0: only 75 minutes to begin with, so it's not (laughs) that long.
1: I think that there... This movie strikes me as a movie that, like, there was a a much better version of at Mm -hmm. one point, Mm -hmm. um, because there's a lot of thought put in. It's not just, like, a juvenile, like, movie-making crass jokes, although it does that, too it has like a deeper message. The comedy just didn't land as much as I wanted it to.
0: Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I felt the same way. And my biggest fear going into this was actually realized, I was like, okay, well, I know it can be funny, but eventually the ball's going to roll out of bounds. And I hope, I wonder how they're going to handle the ending because you can't just kill all the humans. Like what's going to be the resolution of all this? And uh, my, my worst fear came to fruition was the fact that the ball did roll out of bounds, <laughs> and uh, there is no, as I said, there is no concrete solution. And I get that's also life, but you have to either kind of end a movie somewhat ambiguously. This was very ambiguous, um, or give it a at least a positive feeling, or so a sad feeling. One of the three has to be, and this was just kind of like, well, there it is. Yeah, I,
1: yeah, I didn't know how they were going to possibly end this, like. <laughs> Since are humans gonna stop eating
0: the food and then starve to death? You could have gone the vegan route of like, okay, just don't eat the animal products. You know, I thought may, I thought it could be preachy in that respect. And it was like, oh, but okay. the fruits
1: and vegetables are just as alive as the sausages just, and the douche and the douche, like and the toilet paper. That's right. Like in this universe, basically everything is alive.
0: That's why I, you know. um, I did enjoy it and I know uh, they they kind of based this a lot on Pixar and Toy Story and whatnot. Um, and they kind of just stretched this to the most found uh, the, the outer limits if you will. Um, but it did get at times confusing. I was like, "Wait, so can the are the cars people too? <laughs> like, well, you know, where where do these inanimate objects like stop being?" It also got more inter- it, it like
1: if you start to think too much about that, it gets real weird like Okay, so the potato chip bag Talks, is alive, but not the potato chips and themselves. There, there were times where it was like, uh, like the Mentos package was alive, and then when he like sent out all the all the Mentos, each one of those was like a little soldier guy dropping in. So that meant that those guys were all fully aware and just like crammed inside of this other guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah was f- the tea was the box of tea bags, like the, the tea bags were all alive. Was the box alive, too? I think so. <laughs> uh,
0: you know, and, and what is that relationship like between the tea bags and the box? Who knows? Um, and then there's a the couple of things that I've always said, and you know many people have joked with me. Uh, how many parents are going to go bring their kids to this movie thinking it's a nice movie?
1: I you know I've wondered that. I feel like they did enough. And like even like when I bought my ticket, it mm-hmm. like the machine told you flashed and was like this is not a kids movie.
0: Well, there there is uh I, I forget where the mess up was. It was like in one specific theater, but um they they played this trailer, the Red Band trailer of all things in front of Finding Dory. Yeah. So that wasn't uh that wasn't good, but but I love that story. <laughs> Because you
1: couldn't have asked, like, a Pixar audience. You Mm. couldn't have found a worse place. And that first trailer, the way it's built, where it starts out with, like, oh, this is going to be a
0: fun story about food that's alive. And then it turns. (laughs) Absolutely. And so so the concept's good and and whatnot. Um, It was was here in California. Was it? Yeah. (laughs) Ah, interesting. Um, You know, I mean... it's been a development hell for a long time. And obviously, this is Seth Brogan's first animated feature um, and whatnot. And so, I mean, they, they've had this since back... They started kind of joking about the concept back in 2007 with Superbad, saying, what's your yeah. next movie? Oh, it's Sausage Party. And it, it's kind of gone through that way um, and, and whatnot. But yeah, yeah I... the, the, the first... you know, um, In terms of the world, the opening, let's talk about it because I do think it's important because if the opening doesn't land... None of this makes sense. Yeah. And you're not in the world. I actually think that they
1: and this was sort of just there was the tone of the movie. I wish that they had spent some more time setting up the like the clean universe mm-hmm. that they were living in before the turn. Like we heard in the opening, uh, when the honey mustard just goes, Holy shit, I've been chosen. Uh, it lost all the pretense of the kids' movie, and I sort of wanted to play that game a little longer mm-hmm. of l- that game of like it's a kids' movie, but we're gonna like make snide, uh, adult jokes until it like turns on its head.
0: Um, yeah. but like
1: the instant it starts swearing, you're it's just all- it's out the
0: window, yeah, you're just done. Um, I didn't mind that so much, I think. You know, part of it was I. I really appreciate the the fact that this this movie's like literally eighty something minutes, yeah. and so it's really short. Um, and and I I appreciate it for that fact because it just kind of got in and out. It didn't, you know, it wasn't trying to be much longer than that. And 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 in this opening, y- you just know again to throw logic out the window. Once you start digging, like. And that's the – it, it, it kind of has that weird balance because you know you are supposed to shut off your brain in many ways and yet here it presents you know, Mexico. Here it presents the Middle East and all <laughs> these things and so you're like, wait, am I supposed to just not think about these things and yet here you are presenting these high concept things. And I think therein lies the problem with the comedy is that you don't, that you don't know what to think and uh, uh, to me, South Park does a great balance of that. Yeah, I mean, you want the adult animated
1: movies to have another level to them, not just, like, a bunch of fart jokes and dick jokes and things, like, in a row. And I love dick jokes. Dick (laughs) jokes are great. But this movie, I felt like it was hitting on some fun world issues, like the whole thing with the lavash and the bagel with the Israel-Palestine thing. When When I think about that dynamic, that was great it was huh. it's a funny thing to like just call into question because you're using silly objects to tell like a very talk about a very serious issue but uh, there was just something like uh, Kareem Abdul Lavash <laughs> like it's silly but i feel like it was just like one step removed from a quality joke mm-hmm. cuz all you've done is like take a famous middle eastern name and just put it, it wasn't even a sound alike you just put a Middle Eastern food on the end of the name. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It just didn't... It wasn't landing. And I think maybe it's because I saw this movie sober. I was not, like, no, anything. I just went and saw it. <laughs> and maybe that was my fault.
0: And maybe it is, but do, do you think, like, for... Do you... I, I always get very upset when, like, to, to enjoy this... There's plenty of comedies out there that are enjoyable without substance... And so, therefore, if you're on any sort of... Like, if you're drunk or if you're high, it just adds that much more to it.
1: Yeah. Well, I think the, the the reason that I think this movie is sort of made for that audience that's under the influence of whatever your choice is, whether it's bath salts or, uh, or bourbon, or who knows? Um, but I, it's because it's sort of just like a long string of jokes. The story is sort of secondary to just putting in silly things and mm-hmm. silly moments because the this the story of being lost in the grocery store is it's fine it's nothing groundbreaking
0: well it's fine but it's a very i'll give him credit it's a very defined goal yes. you know and so there's no question of even though the rest of the stuff is so ambiguous it's like okay we know we know physically where we're trying to get to and uh, also the uh the half-bitten sausage or the deformed sausage. Like, we, yes. Michael Sarah, we, we understand what his motive is, too. Yeah. So uh, it, it becomes simple in that regard, but I don't mind that. Um,
1: yeah, it, like, it's, it's sort of hard to describe because when I sat down to think about, like, getting my notes in order and everything to come in to do a review of this, all these pieces of it seem great when I think back to it, which is unusual. Usually the more I think about a comedy, it, like, can m- get worse, but the more I think about this, the more I'm like, "Oh yeah, that was good," and so was that, and that was too. But when I just something about when I watched it, I just I wasn't enjoying it the way I feel like I should have because I remember hearing about this movie four years ago at um, oh, wow. I think I first heard about it at uh, I was at a producers guild conference where uh, Rogan and, uh, and Goldman were talking. And they mentioned this movie as, like, something that's, like, coming down soon in the pipeline. And it sounded hilarious when they talked about it. Uh, and we'll talk about, like, how the,
0: like, the the development of the idea uh, in a bit. But, hey, guys. And uh, before we move on to the next topic, uh, not to be punny here, we have a great offer from Blue Apron, which is all about food. Um, as we've been discussing in this movie, you know what? Uh, as, as painful as it might be, you know what? We, we do got to eat.
2: I think that's the ultimate
0: lesson of this movie is that, you know what, no matter what, just eat well. Whether it's alive or not, you're going to eat it. That's right. And uh, might as well eat well. And what Blue Apron does is you pick out – it's an online subscription service for food. And you pick out sort of what you want um, in terms of, you know, what you're into. And you get it delivered fresh to your house uh and i've tried it i have many people that uh i live with people that are have tried it and they love it um and here at popcorn talk more and more people are getting into blue apron um because the, the, it has they've partnered with over 150 local farms so again everything's just sort everything's fresh right the chicken's free range the beef is raised humanely pork is raised naturally and uh, seafood is sourced sustainably um, and all this stuff. So if there's any worry about how how good the food is, it's good. Um, and for less than $10 per person, you can eat healthy and delicious. So you know what? Some meals that we recommend in the month of August, uh, check this out. Spiced pork burgers with goat cheese and cucumber corn salad. Oh, there man. you go. Summer vegetable... Um, with fairy tail eggplants and peppers and corn, chicken tina tacos with summer squash and tomato salsa. Those all sound good. Did you say chicken tina tacos? Tinga. 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 All right. Tina uh, taco, you know. Listen, some of this stuff, I don't even, you know what, again, the nice part is expand your horizons. Because one of the, one of the worst things I have to think about daily is what I'm going to eat. This, you just kind of get delivered. It has all the ingredients. It's easy to make, and it takes that equation out of your mind of what should I cook. Yeah, I mean, it's great. It's
1: convenient because they send – a lot of times when I'm cooking, I always wind up with like extra ingredients, and then I have like these like half cans of things in the fridge for months on end, and they start to smell. But
0: this, at Blue Apron just sends you everything You know what happens box. to food. Yeah. Sausage Party <laughs> taught us that food goes bad, and then it's just a waste of your money and time. Because now you have to go shopping <laughs> again and spend more money for stuff you'll never make. Again, this this you get it all. Um, so how do you get it? Well, uh, try get your first three meals for free and uh, with free shipping by going to blueapron.com/anatomy. So our name and the name of the show you're listening to is Anatomy. So blueapron.com/anatomy. Um, try it there and, uh, you know, that's how they know we've sent you and you get a great deal. So try it out. Let us know what you guys think. Um, I almost guarantee, in fact, I guarantee that you'll love it because I love it. It's great food. All right. And back to sausage party.
1: It seemed really great and I was very excited to see it. And then I start, the reviews started trickling in, uh, at least from friends. And it just, when I went into the
0: movie, I went in with lower expectations and it just sort of stayed there. Well, the interesting part, the, the reviews overall are somewhat high in terms of the critics. But uh, many people, like, word of mouth, um, I don't think it's doing it as, as great as it it's, can That's It's
1: weird. It's backwards from what I think it should be. Like, you uh, would think critics would be just
0: destroying this movie. Yeah. But I don't know. They they, they obviously like it. But I do think, to, to your point, I, I think you're right in the sense... Given the brevity of the movie and given the subject matter, I think it's just long enough that if you're on whatever substance, then afterwards it's just long enough where it doesn't feel like too long and you're like, holy crap, that was an awesome movie. Let's go eat. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or you'll never eat for the rest of your life. You'll be like, no, man. And you'll legit feel like the guy, uh, whatever the kid's name was at the house. Until you fall asleep. Yeah. And then wake up again. (laughs) Um. One of the things uh, I, I do want to talk—we'll we, take it back to development in one bit, but um, in terms of story elements, I, I like that they incorporated the gum because I thought that was a smart way to get a lot of exposition out in a funny way because yeah. it's, it's Stephen Hawking and he just talks like that and- gums just been around for years and years no it was that was a cute character uh i like the because they built this little backstory like why
1: he was so intelligent oh he stuck to the desk of a scientist for years uh it it works it makes sense uh and like that whole sequence when they get out into the world is pretty funny like you start seeing all the cans that are just dead and crumpled uh, but he still have the arms and legs and closed eyes. And the little corn. In the oh, my throat. God. The zombie corn.
0: <laughs> yeah, poor corn.
1: Th- those little pieces of corn have been through hell.
0: Which is ironic because we open up the movie with corn singing. It's yeah, so happy. see, here's
1: the other question. Like, the ear of corn was singing. Were each of those kernels on the corn alive? Or is it only once they're separated, then they spring to life? these are quite little ch-
0: like little children as gum says we live in multiple universes <laughs> and we'll never know uh but okay so uh you know talk about uh talk let's talk about the development and now it's interesting that you mentioned that you, you heard about it can you expand upon did they talk about anything more in that Um uh, uh, no it was field? very
1: it was very brief um mm-hmm. they, they were talking about uh just producing comedies um mm-hmm. and what it takes to get things made and they were talking about sausage party and it's how it's it was a while ago. I just remember them mentioning it, um, but it's just been in. They've had it. They've had a meeting for Sausage Party. They said every week for like eight years because they like they've wanted to make this movie. So they have like a whether it's ten minutes or or an hour. They have a they have had a standing meeting once a week to discuss Sausage Party mm-hmm. for a long time.
0: Yeah, and I, you. Yeah, you know, obviously the subject matter is tough, um, so I can see why people were very hesitant. It's it's original and whatnot. Um, yeah, but, I mean, but uh, but I could see it as a studio executive, like you know, I don't know. I think this is the type of thing that if I you see a log line for, I could take a chance on this, and especially with them behind it, I think it makes sense. I mean,
1: the the parody aspect of it is great because uh, what they said about how they came, like came up with the ideas. It's the worst answer to like secret life of blank mm-hmm. like we had secret life of pets like okay pets they'll have fun they like get up to hijinks during the day they can get lost uh toys they, they're as long as we don't think about too much about throwing them in the dumpsters which like i mean even toy story we eventually do uh but like what thing brought to life would be the wor- most horrifying it's food because yeah. we eat it like we destroy it every day uh and that was sort of the how they came
0: up with the the concept yeah, the jumping-off point.
1: Um, they mentioned uh, getting stoned and roaming the, like, aisles of Ralphs uh, just at night with a with a pad and a pen of paper, just, like, taking notes on things for this movie.
0: Only in this business can you legitimately do that and call it work. Yep. <laughs> well,
1: I mean, the way that they develop stuff, I uh, part of what they had said in that, that panel that I went to, and I found it fascinating, like, that they... They keep a writer's room like in motion, mm-hmm. regardless of how wh- whatever's going on. So uh, like when the, even when they were shooting stuff like that Seth Rogen may have been, they would have a trailer set up that was not like just Seth Rogen's trailer, but a writer's room trailer where they could mm-hmm. go to have meetings like they would. he would, Seth Rogen would like be on lunch break from shooting something, no. go into the trailer and start writing, doing a writing session for sausage party. It's just – that's how the, that's how those guys work. They're, Seth Rogen is like outwardly at least like a huge stoner. But like hearing him and Evan Goldman talk about their process of how they produce movies is pretty fascinating. They, those guys work harder than almost anybody.
0: It sounds nuts. Yeah. I mean obviously I don't want to discredit their work. Um but it's actually, I mean, what I'll say is, it's a smart way to do it because oftentimes when you get so sucked into a project, you just start to lose your mind. And so, if you can kind of, what's what's nice about doing it that way, yes, it's a lot of work, but at least you can kind of keep things fresh, you know. So while you're working Douche on fresh, do th- yes, absolutely, <laughs> just uh, just sucking more stuff. What was the dude do- like? That was such a bizarre dis- like decision. It was. I, I honestly think that it was just made so... It was like, hey, I want to get in your vagina. It was made for that joke and that entire joke, and it just kept kind of repeating itself of like, no woman's going to want me in their fucking cooch. I want me in your cooch. And Nick Kroll. Play, yeah. Nick Kroll plays a douche. Uh, you know what? Uh, if you've seen him in the league, it's not a far stretch. Yeah, for well, his especially... Character. Especially
1: <laughs> so, because... Uh, if, I think it's especially, like, he played uh, the douche on Parks and Recreation. (laughs) This is
0: also true. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they just, I don't know. It's a chicken and egg theory. Like, did they put in the douche? Or they were like, oh, we have Nick Kroll, who played a douche. Why don't we make him the douche? Or they, like, they're they're probably
1: roaming the aisles of Ralph's. Be like, they sell douches at Ralph's? (laughs) Which
0: I, I I don't think I've, at least I haven't noticed them at ralph's uh i can safely say that they probably do and i can also safely say i've never took notice because i will never want to take notice <laughs> so yeah uh,
1: but yeah i mean until literally until he like said what he was i just was just like what the fuck is that thing is it a i thought it was a toilet plunger
0: yeah i <laughs> thought it was i thought it was that for a little bit too because there's no label on it, really. No, it just, just
1: says like fr- it says like keep keep fresh. It's something like that. But I think that's what they were trying. They wanted you to be like, what the what the fuck
0: is that thing?
1: Oh, poor old dude's got a thing sticking up,
0: which isn't covered by the way, it's sticking no. out of the box. Yeah, hence why I thought it was just you know, yeah, toilet bowl cleaner, yeah, or whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> Speaking of that, I thought uh, in the opening, uh, it was a great sort of sequence. Uh, I, I love the parody of it where I'm, I'm trying to think of a, a, an actual reference, but when everything just like it it's just all goes to hell, uh, you know, we have a, basically a singular sound of like it's almost like oh, post-saving explo- Private
1: Ryan yeah. scene that like it yeah, it was saving Private Ryan like to the nth degree. Yeah. uh i love the oreo like here's that's the thing it's like there's all these moments that i love from it i don't know why i left in like such a just like not enjoying it mood because like the oreo picking up its other half just like the guy picking up his arm and saving private ryan
0: do you think part of, i don't know let me just pose this question that it was too on the nose with uh with at first the 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 food not understanding what the humans were like I I don't know how you, how you would like kind of fix that, but but by being so obvious, you mean which, to the to the religious yeah. analogy? Yeah, maybe. No,
1: I think it worked. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the whole idea of them as like God as uh, us as gods mm-hmm. to because what other like explanation could there be? Yeah. Um, it works, <laughs> makes sense. Um, yeah, I
0: mean, I'm, I'm I I don't know. Oh, maybe by the end, maybe we won't. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out why this movie didn't land in the ways that I was hoping. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think it was just like the, I don't know if it was the pace
1: or just the fact that like the jokes that, like, there were those great jokes like at moments, but I think that the, the jokes didn't come the jokes became sort of obvious At a certain mm-hmm. point Like it was I'm a big fan of puns Like I like making puns in general But this became Just nothing but An hour and a half Of food puns mm-hmm. And that gets old pretty quick it just gets, I think that's what it What it comes down to Is that there were good There are there good There are great food puns in there There are weaker food puns in there But to do food puns For an entire movie It just like It gets tired at a certain point yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree. And, and the tough part is like, I just, you know, I know them to be better. And that's what I judge them on. You know, because I don't know, may, maybe if this was like done by somebody else, I could see it and be like, oh, okay, you know, that, that might be funny enough. And they did a good enough job. But um i i hold evan and seth to a pretty high standard
1: yeah and this doesn't like detract from my opinion of them as creators in the slightest bit like i will still be there immediately to see at whatever their next movie is because i still trust them as creatives because they've made too many even with even if you consider this movie a hundred percent a dud which i don't it they're still in my mind batting like 700 which is amazing yeah
0: I just ask zach snyder <laughs> um it's tough when you strike out every time what <laughs> um speaking of the, the religious side of it um what did you think of that whole backstory i mean i I, th- I thought they explained it pretty well and actually had a good satirical version of religion and why it's necessary
1: yeah i, I mean it was great it made this like a veggie tales parody as mm-hmm. much as a toy story parody Mm-hmm. Um and being Jewish I didn't really grow up watching much of VeggieTales <laughs> or any at all but I know like what it is it's a bunch of vegetables reenacting the bible for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh I thought it worked really well it just like it it's that clean way into a very serious topic but using something silly. Yeah. A hot dog that wants to
0: fuck a bun. Was it Okay so let me uh, is it the fact, and pun not intended, that these characters were so on the nose that they weren't as fleshed out? Like, their goals were very simple, and and, and it never went beyond that. Like, you know, in, in writing, you're supposed to, obviously, like, if you write the characters just by the dialogue, you're supposed to be able to tell which character it is. And I think they achieved that side of it. But, uh, you know, the taco's main goal was just to get some taco herself you know what i mean like it, there was no it, it never went beyond that yeah um except for
1: frank like frank was the only one who had like he like had to face a dilemma where <laughs> do you go do you keep going with the the woman that you love or do you go off into the to uh, search for the answers to everything it's fine, mm-hmm. search for truth
0: in that dark aisle. The amazing liquor aisle too <laughs> oh man um okay there's, there's a, there were a lot of like great little characters that popped up uh
1: i thought it was interesting i don't know if it was just like i know that there were some reviewers who found it like borderline offensive at times and i think it was like i mean it was meant to be yeah if anything it's sort of like it it, it borders on it so much that like it, it's
0: not at all because it's so offensive to so many people. Yeah, I mean the my, one of my favorite jokes is all the uh, the German mustard <laughs> killing all the juice. Yeah, they want to exterminate the juice. <laughs> what a pun that was. Um, let me okay, so I, I do want to talk about the ending, the Deuce Ex Machina ending of just multiple realities, and then that's what it is. Is it because it's not satisfying? Like that to me was just a weird explanation. You are in an animated feature created by Seth Rogen and Ed Norton, who I didn't know was in the movie. It, it's sort of one of those endings where you could tell they
1: didn't know quite how to end it. And they're like, "What if? What if they all just start have like fucking each other? What if that's how we end it?" And that's what they did. Um, and then they just like needed some way. They like they needed had closure. Yeah. I, well, that ending, the, the whole multiple dimensions thing, I thought it was going to be a really fun joke, like Daffy Duck interacting with the penciler mm-hmm. joke like that, because that I think would have been hilarious if these characters jump out into Seth Rogen's like office and start kicking the shit out of him.
0: That would have been funny. But the, instead it's like this vague setup for a sequel yeah and and they've talked about wanting a sequel um, and that they do have ideas which is strange to me because I I don't I can't foresee what that would be at all Um, I would have accepted the it's a very cliche thing but like where Evan and Seth are just in some studio and they're like high as can be and then they wake up be like oh dude that was weird yeah man you hungry yeah I'm hungry alright let's go get food
2: I I, I kind of saw it a different way, because um, I I was trying to make sense of this movie, like after seeing it, because I'm just like, okay, there's a story in here somewhere, but like, where is it? And what I kind of decided in my interpretation of the film is, is all right, you have you're 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 doing an allegory to humanity and humanity's uh, involvement with religion. Somebody invents the religion because otherwise we're just all living on this planet and dying. So somebody invents the religion so humanity has hope instead of just living and dying. So the, the hope is the song, and that's the, the original form of religion for humanity. Then you take it forward 200 years, and that can be however long you want with food, um, where so many different interpretations have caused all the different aisles and all the different castes of humans to be against each other for stupid reasons and just little things within the song. And that's shown with the bagels and the falafels, basically being the Jews and the Muslims. And then you have all these different things. <laughs> that have was Jew- a lavash bread. Uh, yeah, the lavash. So you have that going on. And then you get to the point where now people are not, and just with humanity right now, now people are not really believing in religion too much. But people who are religious don't want to believe that because, like, look, so you're saying that nobody created us, so then there's nothing after we die, which is terrifying again. So people don't want to believe that they're, that religion is false or whatever. So you have that going on and Seth Rogen's character is the is the non-believer who's trying to spread that. He's like the original atheist in a way. So it gets to the point where, okay... Everyone is met with undeniable evidence that religion does not exist. It was invented by humans as a coping mechanism of just not walking on the earth and dying, which in the food is when they realize that they're all eaten and that there's no real great beyond. So what are you going to do when there's no hope? All right, let's just all fuck each other because there's nothing else to do. Because, hell, why not just enjoy it in the short term because we're not really committing sins. So that's why they have the food orgy. And now humanity right now is kind of at that point where... New generations don't really believe in God, so they're not held to the same values, so they'll just do whatever they want instead of being like, oh, I'll be punished later on for this. And that's why you see so many different things that used to be seen as a sin that now people are more accepting of. So we're all technically just all fucking each other right now. And then you move on to the end of the movie where right now humanity is developing more and more in science. We're trying to discover parallel universes. We're trying to find the meaning of life outside of religion, which could just be a science humanity is this is like their prediction. The end of this movie is like Seth Rogen's high prediction of what reality really is, and we're just invented by other beings somewhere, and we're just a science experiment, and we create a portal to go into a parallel universe, and that's what humanity's kind of going towards. Because at the end of the road, with where we are as a civilization, we find out religion's fake. We find out that we're created by something, so we're going to be like, all right, well, fuck this place. Let's go explore more. So let's go into the portal per se. So I mean, it's like it's a good allegory for the beginnings of religion to now. And then the ending is just kind of their guess at what are we going to do once we kind of really realize that there's no, there's no great beyond where do we go from here? All right, we go into science and if we can go into science, let's just explore parallel universes because we're going to die anyway.
0: You know what? I, I actually do like your explanation, Steven. I think it's really well thought out. And as you talk about it, here's my problem. I didn't sign up for that movie. I I, I signed up just to have fun (laughs) But like I I
1: Like having those two things going And I think that it is an interesting commentary On like basically Seth Rogen is saying If we didn't have His accidental statement is like If we didn't have organized religion We'd all be having massive orgies Uh, For better or worse Uh, Mm. Although as you say all that I can't believe that there Wasn't a flying spaghetti Joke in this movie. That's
0: true. That would have been a good one. Missed the opportunity, people. Uh, and that did not get cut out, because the only thing that really got cut out to get the R rating was uh, the pubes on um, Mr. Bagel or something like that. There were pubes on the bagel? Let me look at it one more time. But yeah, there, was, uh, there wasn't There was a lot that they had. They knew. they. So in order to get... Uh, the R rating, as opposed to um, and NC-17, they put in a bunch of stuff that they knew that they would cut out happily. Um, and so, where is it? Uh, it was a. There was definitely pubes, and pubes got cut out. <laughs> so I mean, sometimes you got to trim the hedges. You they, know. You know. When it's all digital, they, he joked about how easy it was because it was just digital. So they were just like, all right just get off that layer yeah um
1: no I mean it, it like it wor- it works on its on it that it brings multiple levels to the table uh it just I think that there was either one too many passes on this script or one f- too few mm-hmm. uh being that it was in development for eight years i
0: I think one too many yeah you, you start to overthink it and you're like does this work does this not? Yeah. yeah, I can see that. Um, one of the things uh, that I want to talk about that's uh, more recent news is the animators of the movie. And they, they came out with uh, – what is it? Cartoon Brew came out with an article uh, that did a Q&A with a couple of uh, people, uh, about six of the animators, and they had various complaints. Number one, there were multiple people that weren't credited as many as 30 um,
1: about half the animation
0: staff very interesting which is a lot that is quite a lot um and then obviously the working conditions themselves between overtime um and also in many ways being threatened the fact that if they if they complained or that they didn't want to work then they would basically be terminated and someone else would fill their position yeah i
1: mean look i have a lot of friends that work in vfx and overtime like insane hours like seven day weeks that's all sort of par for the course at least at some at some point when you're doing an animated project like this it gets down to crunch time like if you watch this movie i get the feeling this was supposed to come out on july 4th uh just like it's all built like the whole story is built around july 4th and like i feel like this movie does better if it opens.
0: Yeah, I think I think uh it would have been a nice marketing campaign that way. They pushed it back for two reasons. One, uh because of um pop star, they didn't want to compete with pop star and that was early in the year, yeah. so they pushed this back. Two, they did uh need more time for the animation.
1: Yeah. Uh, I figured it was the the latter. Yeah. Um but working under those conditions is uh, as I said, is sort of no- normal and it's expected. But not getting paid for overtime is a huge deal. Um, not only just like bad business practice, but illegal. Yeah. Uh, and like whether or not it's true, it's all alleged. Uh, but there is a lawsuit going forward, so we'll see what comes to light through that. Uh, but I I think it was what I, for at least from what I read and what I heard, um, it was the the double whammy of that they they weren't credited the people who left to go, there was like an exodus to Sony. Yeah. Um, the, the people that left were not given credit on the movie, despite which, the fact they put in a lot of work.
0: Which is, that's the easiest form of paying anybody. Yeah. Like if someone does work, for, like, what's it cost you to put in a credit? Which, by the way, you know, it's not even a big ask because who the hell actually watches those credits? You know the what I mean? The people so from that part- are
1: in the movie, like yeah. that, or that worked on it. Like they're the ones who want to see their names. Like no one's hurt by putting 30 more credits on a name. No. Or there thirty more credits on the end of a movie, um, but it was that. And then in interviews, um, the director, who's also the COO of this movie, um, what was nitrogen? His, uh, nitrogen. Uh, but he was saying uh, that he was like at, like talking very proudly about how they produced what most com- like DreamWorks would make for one hundred and fifty million dollars. They did it for nineteen. Uh, And it's, it's pretty... I can't imagine it would be easy to sit by as an animator who was, like, denied overtime while your boss is bragging about how cheaply he made the thing that you were an artist on. So it was just sort of... Like, saying that publicly is sort of a slap in the face. Like, it's one thing if you get a low budget, you're only given a certain amount, but to, like, say, like, yeah, we pulled it off for nothing. It's like, you pulled it off on the backs of people who... you weren't paying properly. Well,
0: his... uh, His quote is... Allegedly. After working in the L.A. industry for many years, I could see so much money just needlessly thrown down the toilet in making a lot of these movies. It doesn't have to cost that much money when you're well-organized and you have... uh, When you have your mind set on the goal and what you want to do and you just get the job done with a small, determined crew. So that's his... You know, I... And so, I don't necessarily see that as a slap in the face, but I also... There is a disparity. like you made this movie for nineteen million. I was very shocked by that number, yeah, for it, it, having the animation that it does, like uh Souths come out and said like they didn't want the animation to be perfect because they um you know they just wanted it to be a little bit more funnier um and perfection i guess prohibited that, but to me the animation like i i don't I'm not much of an animator, so I can't tell the difference of like you know. 60 million dollar animation what versus this it i mean just steel seems like it could have cost 60 million dollars
1: the textures were very basic mm-hmm. but they didn't need to be anything more because to me this was like, again it was parodying stuff like VeggieTales just as much as it was parodying pixar and pixar is like very intricate details but like VeggieTales is not it's all mm-hmm. very very simple and so like you saw a lot of the the textures of things were very smooth like you didn't have like a crinkled up potato like chip uh potato chip bag it is smooth like very perfectly round bag mm-hmm. that looked like in a way that like most potato chip bags do not look like that but it made it i'm sure that made it simpler to do because it was mm. just a it was a lot of flat surfaces uh and that makes it easier to render and faster render all that stuff uh there were a couple moments where you could tell that they had and they said this uh that the uh, the animation is better in some scenes than in others because they put more time and money into certain sequences mm-hmm. to distract from the ones that weren't. And there were a couple times where my eyes were sort of blinked. I was like, that seems like it sort of was jittery. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it, they, like, hadn't done, like, it was almost like they did
0: 20 frames instead of 24. Interesting. Yeah. Um. I mean, overall, what I like, it, it, it has its tone and, you know, I, I felt like if I was going into a movie called Sausage Party, I, I, again, if there was more detail, maybe it could have been funnier. But it's, it, it, it wasn't it's necessary. The yeah,
1: yeah. Um, the the and the animation, the way that it is, is totally fine for the, delivering the, the movie. Like I didn't. This movie lacked for me in a lot of ways, but the animation was not one of them.
0: I agree. Uh, Seth's also been asked a lot about will there be sort of a director's cut and whatnot, and he hasn't really confirmed it. And it, i don't know I, I, I think they don't have a lot to go off of to make like a director's cut and i don't yeah. think they need to
1: animation do, usually doesn't have a lot of deleted scenes it's too expensive yeah. um there would be a maybe a director's cut script yeah that'd be it
0: uh which most people aren't really willing to read unless you're in the business
1: <laughs> the public taking off of uh the success of the harry potter cursed child script sausage party the script <laughs> Bound
0: in hardcover. That would uh, that would be quite interesting to definitely see. Um, in terms of the promotion, right? <clears throat> they, uh, like I said, I, I do think that there's so many people that thought this uh, was going to be a different type of movie. It, they cut a really good trailer. Yeah.
1: Um, the first, the the second trailer, I think was pretty, like much what More the movie on the was. Yeah. Uh, it definitely cut the the best like moments together the first movie like i that's probably why the song like when the the mustard starts like swearing so quickly that's why it threw me off because i was expecting them to play like the trailer plays that game for like 45 seconds yeah. of like oh it's these cute foods and, and their their <laughs> ambitions their ambitions and they're, they're they're clean cut and that then it like turns into craziness i thought that that i just i thought that game was gonna go on longer Mm -hmm. Um, instead of diving in headfirst, which I think is like they lost a little bit of the the magic of the concept by not spending more time in that world where everything is
0: good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they did start, you know, and had the makings of that, where the guy's walking in, the lights get turned on, the sunshine. Yeah. Everyone up. Tomorrow's uh, bread, white, and blue day.
1: Like if the song had just been like actually like a prayer song, mm-hmm. it would have like painted that picture. And I think even when it goes wrong, it would have been the same. Um, but I, it was it was that like it was it was that like that saw it started with the swearing and then it was we're gonna exterminate the juice, which is a fun joke. But like it
0: just it I felt it was in the wrong place. Yeah, I. I I actually agree with you. I think it would have been, I I, I think a place that it could have worked was as soon as they go into that saving private moment, saving private private moment, because when all that's when things start to go really bad, and you know you can have um, uh, what was her name, Kristen Wig, Brenda. You can have Brenda like start the swearing of like you piece, like whatever, Uh, you know you got us into this mess or like yelling at douche and whatever. Um and that's when everyone's motives really come out,
1: yeah, um also, I feel like there was like a missed opportunity there's Brenda like <laughs> she's a bun, Bonnie, like Bonnie
0: the bun, yeah, I don't know, definitely uh I agree there, um all right, well, overall i mean it it was it was on par. So it's to make twenty to twenty-five million, it came out making thirty-one million opening weekend, so better than expected. Yeah, um, so certainly they they for cut, comedy, they cut good trailers. Like, I know a lot of people are excited to see this movie. I bet they were, um, and whatnot. So, and like I said, it's, oddly enough, not as highly rated with audiences, but critics are really enjoying it. So that's that's the strange part yeah, about all eighty-three percent on Rotten Tomatoes.
1: So That's insanely high. Like it would have, it would have been even if it gotten fresh. Have been like, I guess I see. What, I think it's because critics really latched onto the fact that it had this or this very heavy commentary on organized religion, mm-hmm. which is something that like people who are critiquing movies, or, like analyzing movies, they're like, oh yeah, it has a deeper message. And it's like, and they don't usually like the stoner comedies anyway. Mm-hmm. So. It's just—it's such a bizarre
0: thing. They loved this stoner comedy. Maybe everyone at the at uh, at the, the critic screening had brownies, like they passed out some yeah, food they, like, they, and like they didn't know it was laced with they, anything. They
1: tricked them. They melted some weed butter onto the popcorn.
0: Yeah, and they passed it out as they went in. That would have definitely been interesting. Uh, any last thoughts about this movie? I don't think we need to beat a dead horse
1: Um, no i think i've said it i've said my piece on it um i i actually feel like i part of me wants to like when this is available on like cable and stuff like i want to watch this again Mm -hmm. just like casually like not as like i'm gonna have to review this but just like watch it and see what pieces i liked from it because i think there are like there are things that like
0: there were cute jokes there are cute moments I think this is very much one of those movies that uh, you have to kind of see with your friends. Um, And I think it's a great sort of background movie that, you know, once everyone's seen, you can kind of just be like, oh, that's the scene with blah, blah. And everyone can have their moment and laugh about it and then get sort of back to whatever they were doing while it plays in the background. Yeah. Uh, So,
1: yeah, I guess my only other final thought is like at the end, like this is like where like my brain is just like weirder than us. Because like one of those like I had logic problems with Inside Out. Which I, like which I could go into at length, but I won't here. But like when they are all like having sex at the end, I got confused. I'm like, wait, none of these they don't have none of these things have genitalia.
0: Why are they doing it in a human fashion? <laughs> Listen, you can't think about that too much because once you you know then like I mean ultimately, what is the sausage and the bun? are they gonna have a baby what baby are they gonna have (laughs) Is it gonna be a sausage or is it gonna be a bun also if you've ever like opened up a hot dog bun like
1: she's just open now (laughs) there's no like pushing it back together at that point
0: that's it yeah
1: that's it also what happens when they all expire in like two weeks well that's the biggest mystery of all like uh frank starts getting
0: moldy yeah i'm no longer fresh uh well that's why you have the douche and we'll leave you on that note. Steven, any final thoughts from you in uh, in the booth? Nope. All right. Good to know. Uh, well, let us know what you guys think uh, in the comments section. You know, overall, uh, an enjoyable movie to a degree, but not necessarily too much to talk about. It yeah. is It is kind of more on the surface of things. So, Oh, did you know that this
1: musical number was done by the same guy who did Aladdin and the Little Mermaid? Alan Menken. Put this song together. Yeah. Which, if you listen to it, you can hear
0: it. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Especially the Little Mermaid. Yeah. The opening of it. Yeah. Super weird. Ah, interesting. All right, well, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, Leave a comment in the comment section below. Uh, We've got other movies coming down the pipeline. Pete's Dragon, very much a different movie than this one. (laughs) Uh, We've got War Dogs coming up, which is at least a little bit more similar to this. Um, And we've done many, many other movies uh, in the past, so check those out. We'll see you guys next time on Anatomy of a Movie. Bye.